everyone. My name is Jemai McKinney, or you can just call me Juice because that is my nickname. On today's show, I am joined by a friend that I've known ever since preschool. His name is Bradley Elders, and he's my best friend at the moment. And he's a Cleveland Browns fan. So we'll talk about how these quote-unquote Cleveland clowns, a.k.a. the Cleveland Browns, why they underperformed this past year. Obviously, the Browns made a ton of moves in the offseason. You know, last year, a lot of people felt they were going to make the playoffs, including myself. I was wrong about that. So we'll discuss what went wrong for the woeful Cleveland Browns. If there's still hope. For his team, if they could potentially make the playoffs this upcoming season, we'll talk about Baker Mayfield's future. We'll talk about Freddie Kitchens and how he was just awful last year. We'll talk about how Kevin Stefanski hopefully can potentially become the Cleveland Browns head coach of the future. We'll talk about their new general manager. We'll look at the roster. We'll talk about free agency and the draft and just everything about Cleveland Browns football that you guys will need to know for the upcoming season. Once again, this is my good friend Bradley Elders that's coming on the show. You can follow him on Instagram. His Instagram is BElders24. So it's B-E-L-D-E-R-S-2-4. His Twitter, you can follow him on Twitter at B-R-A-D-L-E-E-E-L-D-E-R-S. If you are listening to this on podcasting platforms, be sure to give me a good rate and review if you're feeling kind. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with all your friends. Like I said, once again, this is going to be a show talking about Cleveland Browns football with my good friend Bradley Elders. Hope you guys enjoy. What is going on, everyone? We are officially live, and I am joined by fellow Cleveland Browns fan and my best friend, actually, Bradley Elders. How you doing today, man? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, listen, I don't personally know where everyone is from on my YouTube channel. By the way, if you are on YouTube and you're watching this, be sure to comment where you're from. I love to where I love to know where all my subscribers are actually from. I'm from Ohio. My friend Bradley is from Ohio, of course. We grew up together, you know. Ever since preschool, we've known each other. So tell everybody why you're a Cleveland Browns fan because not a whole lot of people outside of Ohioans are Cleveland Browns fans or Bengals fans, for that matter. Well, you see, I've always had this belief that you're either born a Browns fan or you're a bandwagon because you don't choose to be a Browns fan unless there's hype or unless you're born that way, raised that way. In my case, I was raised a Browns fan, always been one since I've been born. <laughs> my dad's a big Browns fan. And- yeah, just runs through the family. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's talk about how the Browns season went this past year. And I actually picked the Browns to go to the playoffs. You watched the video. You saw it. I said 10-6, and six, and that didn't happen. Now, what I saw this past year was a team that did not have great offensive line play. Freddie Kitchens was a mess. He never should have been a head coach. I whiffed on that. I said that Freddie Kitchens was actually going to work. I was totally wrong about that. That's a learning experience. Um, I thought that Olivier Vernon was going to play well. He didn't play particularly well. And just overall, I felt that the roster kind of underperformed, you know. And I was a huge Baker Mayfield fan when he was coming out of Oklahoma. And he was great his rookie season. Broke Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson's touchdown pass record. And he just kind of regressed a little bit this year. Now, part of it was the play calling. Part of it was the fact that Fred Kitchens just doesn't know what he's doing. And when you're a young quarterback, because let's be real. Baker Mayfield, he was in his second season. He's still learning the position. He's still young. Has yet to play a full season. He played pretty, pretty well his rookie year, but just didn't take the step that we would have liked to have seen. He threw 21 interceptions this past year. 
And like I said, I felt Baker was the best quarterback in that draft. Wasn't sold on Rosen. Wasn't I thought Darnold was solid, but I didn't believe the hype. Josh Allen, I felt, need to go with the right team. Same with Lamar Jackson. That actually happened. They went to very good teams. And, you know, Baker's the number one overall pick. So kind of talk about what you saw from Baker this past year, kind of the team in general and why they struggled and why they didn't meet the expectations that you had for them. You had them in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I had them actually going six, or 10 and 6 also. Okay, but, so um, explain explain why you think the Browns underperformed. All right, well, you see, I've always had this allergy since the season was over. I compared the Browns' 2019-2020 season as a Lamborghini with a Nissan Altima motor and trash interior. They had all the talent, all the hype, but in the inside, they had no leadership, drama in the locker room, and big egos. That's what killed the football team. They, Frank Kitchens didn't know what he was doing. He had a great first season as an offensive coordinator because he was using the talent that he had in the way they needed to be used. Baker Mayfield can get those quick plays off, those three-yard plays that to a Jarvis Landry who can turn a three-yard pass to a 70-yard gain if needed. But then his second year as head coach, he wanted to do those long-developing plays with the offensive line that we had could not do. Then you have Baker Mayfield who, once again, with those play calls, he, he's always been used to getting those quick plays off or maybe one or two long passes, but never, like, he, he was never dropping back every time. And he's always made those ill-advised passes. He'd be getting sacked and would just throw the ball up to anybody thinking Odell or Landry can just run up and catch it somehow. And it ends up in the, other hand, uh, the hands of the other team. And that's, that's really what's been killing the team, man. And Baker Mayfield, every game he's had less than one turnover, They've won the majority, but every game that he had two turnovers or more, they went one and six. Like, that's just, he has to limit his turnovers. If he does that, I think the Browns make the playoffs, especially with this new 17 format. If they miss it, they have to do a whole blow-up. Gotcha, gotcha. I want to dive into Baker Mayfield a little bit more. Um, Like I said, I was sold on Baker Mayfield coming out, and the thing about Baker Mayfield is I think that his head kind of got a little bit big, just a little bit, you know. And let's look at Baker Mayfield's, you know, track record. You know, he had to walk on twice in college. He had to walk on at Texas Tech, had to walk on at Oklahoma, and you would think that a two-time walk-on would not go number one overall. And he elevated his play, you know. He was great his first season in Oklahoma when he got the chance to start. He elevated his play even more in his senior season. I felt that he was more of a late first-round pick, you know, his junior year. His senior year, I felt that he was the best quarterback in the nation, and it was proven to be true. He went number one overall. He won. And then he goes to the NFL. People say that he was overdrafted. Well, guess what? He was the best rookie quarterback that year. You know, you could you could debate between him and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a smaller sample size his rookie season than Baker, but in reality, you look you look at Baker Mayfield's first season, you say, yeah, it's working right now. He's the guy so far. But see, then what's Baker Mayfield's new motivation? You know what I mean? Like, he won. He he was the number overall pick. He was the walk-on. He won. But then I think the success kind of started to get to him a little bit. You know, he had a couple commercials here and there. And obviously the play calling was not great this past year by Freddie Kitchens. But in reality, Baker Mayfield, I think that he just needs to mature a little bit. You know, he's talked about this offseason, how he has, you know, taken more of a leadership role. I, I think that he realizes the work he needs to put in. He realizes what he did wrong and the things that he needs to clean up. 
And we could talk about the bad offensive line. We could talk about the bad coaching. I admit those things were bad. But at the same time, Baker had a pretty good supporting cast last season between his running backs and wide receivers. So I'm not willing to give up on Baker Mayfield quite yet. He does need to show a lot of improvement this year. There's really no excuses this year because we're going to get to Kevin Stefanski in a little bit. But I think Stefanski can coach. You know, well, I don't know if he can coach, but... I project that it's going to be a decent hire. You know, Nick Chubb is great. Jarvis Landry is great. OBJ is great. You've got two tight ends now. The offensive line, which was a weakness, is now improved. So, Baker, it's on you now, man. So, are you still sold on Baker? I'm pretty sure you are. But talk about, let's let's ask this question. For the people that don't believe in Baker Mayfield, what do you tell them? And why do you believe Baker Mayfield can improve this season? For the people who don't believe in Baker Mayfield, I gotta tell him he had his sophomore slump like he's a young quarterback he has needs time to improve he's been through this is going to be his third head coach well yeah fourth if you count the interim with greg williams but what i think why i think he's going to be great is because it's his make or break season anytime baker's had his back against the wall like you said he walked on twice he's shined when people thought he was not going to be good in the nfl and that he was overdrafted what did he do he shined. He had that motivation. Baker now has that motivation to show people that he can bounce back from this terrible season that he had. But I also believe that this is his make or break year. He has no he has no um, excuses anymore. He has everything he needs. He has veterans in the locker room that will hold the whole team accountable. Because you've seen Miles Garrett do dumb stuff. Greg Williams, the person who's supposed to. Uh, protect him getting busted at the border with so much weed in his car like that's terrible he has a not a no nonsense and successful coach so this is why i think baker mayfield and they have a better offense in general and better team so like there's no exceptions for him to be terrible this season yeah i agree and also i don't think that keenan's gonna overtake him if he kind of plays bad he may but case keenan's on the roster now and he went to a NFC Championship game a couple years ago. So I think that, look, if you give Case Keenum, if you give Moda Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and some of those weapons, I think he get, he could at least win a game or two. I mean, he's on the downside of his career, in my opinion. But yeah, now you got a backup quarterback kind of on his heels. So Baker definitely has to perform this year. And I agree. I still believe in Baker Mayfield. What do you think his ceiling is? I think that he can still be a top 10 quarterback one day. You know, he's he's just a natural thrower of the football. He does need to cut down the turnovers, though. You know, when he was at Oklahoma, the one thing that I liked about him was that he did not turn the football over a lot. That needs to be cleaned up. I, you know, he had 14 interceptions his rookie year, and he didn't play all 16 games. So that was pretty high. We're not even, even going to count the fumbles. And this season was kind of a disaster. I know that some interceptions weren't all his fault some deflected off of wide receivers and again I don't think Fred Kitchens was saying setting him up to succeed but yeah I mean what do you think Baker Mayfield's ceiling is and yeah just talk about that well my opinion I'm sold like I said I'm sold on Baker Mayfield but I also think he has a limit and I don't think his limit is the Super Bowl I think he's gonna maybe bring us to a couple AFC championships but I don't think he'll ever get us over that hunch and I think that's when Baker's career is going to slowly start to decline. But you also, I can't doubt on, I can't doubt him. And I also hope, obviously, as a Browns fan, that he can get us to that promised land, that Super Bowl that we haven't experienced yet. And yeah, I mean, that's. I also feel like I said, with this motivation, he can turn this motivation into something great. But at this point, he has to prove something before we can give him any props. 
yeah, I'm not going out here saying Baker's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I think that that's his ceiling. And I think that what we kind of realized from Baker is that he's never going to be quite, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. And that was, that was not, that was never my expectation. I think that he's more of a trailer than a truck. You know, I think that he needs a better offensive line to, to, you know, play well, play his best. I think he needs a good running game. That's why I'm hopeful that the Browns run the football a little bit more with Nick Chubb. I think that the Browns honestly probably should commit to running the football first and even second down if they need to because, you know, if you give Baker a good running game and protection and get the ball in his hands pretty quickly, I think he's pretty good. Do you agree? Yeah, I also believe, like like I said earlier, about, like, how he's always been used to making, like, those three-yard plays to receivers who are his playmakers. Baker Mayfield's not the playmaker, and he needs to get the ball to the playmakers for them to do their job and help the team win. Now, I got to ask you this question. Did the Browns make a mistake by picking Baker Mayfield number one overall? Obviously, I think that LeBron, uh, I think that Lamar Jackson has kind of exceeded everybody's expectations. I, I thought Lamar was going to be a, a good quarterback. So when you realistically look at it, you, when you look back about 10, 15 years from now, you're going to say, yeah, you should have took Lamar Jackson number one overall. But at the same time, I don't think that he would have survived if he was in a bad situation. So do you think that the Browns pro- – were you high on Lamar? Do you Did you think the Browns should have taken maybe Darnold, Rosen? I was never sold on Rosen. I just didn't see mobility. I saw a very overrated prospect. Josh Allen has talent, but I think Buffalo is his best fit right now based on what we know. So what are your thoughts on Baker going no more overall? Was he overdrafted? All right, well, I was never sold on any other quarterback, to be honest. Like, Sam Darnold was the other option. He was turnover prone in college, so he was off the books. And all the other quarterbacks, I thought they were pure garbage. Like, Wyoming, ooh, big school, big, big opponents. But... I also thought if we didn't draft Baker at number one, he might not have been there at number at the fourth pick where we drafted um, Denzel Ward. But he, like, we would have drafted Saquon Barkley, and we lucked out that draft with Nick Chubb, who was a steal in my opinion. So no, I don't think he was overdrafted. And like I said, I think this motivation of being a bust at, from the number one. Obviously, going to the Browns. Also, you don't want to be that person. You want to be that person to turn the franchise around, which is why I think drafting him at number one was a good choice. Gotcha, gotcha. We shall see what Baker Mayfield's future is going forward. Now, let's get to the coaching. Obviously, it's a quarterback and coach league. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you know Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson. You gotta have a great quarterback. You gotta have a great coach. I think that Baker is not a great quarterback. I think he can turn into a pretty darn good quarterback, maybe not elite, but I think that Baker is someone you can work with. So let's talk about Stefanski. I think that it was a solid hire. I personally would have preferred the Browns to go get Ron Rivera or Mike McCarthy, but at the same time, I think that Ron Rivera wanted the the Redskins job really badly. I think that's a great fit for him. McCarthy, I don't know if he really truly looked into the Cleveland job. I felt McCarthy was a good hire, but based on all the other coaches, I felt Stefanski was at least not a swing and miss. You may have not hit a home run, may have not hit a triple or a double, but I think he's competent, you know, and he's at least, in my opinion, ready to be a head coach. Uh, What's his name? Freddie Kitchens. I don't think he was ever ready to be a head coach. It was a mess from the start. Baker was going to fail. That team was never going to live up to the hype, and that's what happened. the, The hype was not real. So, Look, Stefanski's been an offensive coordinator only for one year. That does concern me, but he's been an offensive coordinator at least. He's been a quarterback coach, a tight end coach, a running back coach, and he's been an assistant for 14 years. So he's a grown-up 
He knows what he's doing, at least. I think that his offense is going to suit Baker Mayfield. He's going to run a lot of two tight end sets. He's going to get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands pretty quickly. I think that he's going to run the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, similar to how he did with Dalvin Cook this past year in Minnesota. So talk about the hiring of Stefanski and what what can Browns fans expect from him? And did you like the hire? I'm going to start off saying, but at first, I did not like the hire. But then when the Browns roster started coming together and we started getting Austin Hooper and like Njoku, we drafted, um, what's his name, Harrison Bryant from um, FAU. We got we built our team around Stefanski's scheme. So, you, like you said, Stefanski likes running those two tight end sets, and he he got those players that need his team and or that he needs for his team and his scheme to work, and he will, every, like, Freddie Kitchens, he just blew because he tried to change up his whole game plan. His first year, he was doing the short routes that worked, and he had the team for it. Then the second year, doesn't have the team to run big plays, but wants to run big plays, it burns. Now, Kevin Stefanski has a team he needs to run his scheme, and Baker Mayfield is been told that he understands, he's getting a better understanding of the scheme, so I think this was a great hire, and we just have to see, because like you said, he's only been an offensive coordinator for one year, so was Fred Kitchens, so we don't know, but I also think he has more experience and is a no-nonsense coach and will hold the team more accountable, unlike Freddie Kitchens, who was just a terrible leader and got into more arguments with his players than he did, than he spent more time arguing with his players than he did actually coaching them, so who knows? I mean, I like the hire. I think it might play out well. And like I said, with the seven, um, 17 playoffs, I think Kevin Stefanski is a man to get us in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's talk about Andrew Barry, youngest general manager in the NFL, NFL history, actually. Actually, yeah, youngest GM in NFL history. Now, I don't know how great of a general manager Barry is going to be. Only time will tell. I think that you have to start judging general managers after about two to four years. I think that he had a solid, you know, offseason as far as, you know, the free agency period, the draft, you know, with Stefanski coming in there. I think that Stefanski was an okay hire. And I think that he's well-spoken. He's good at the mic. I think that he has a solid vision for the team. What are your thoughts on Andrew Barry? And how can he become what the Browns need him to become? Well, like Kevin Stefanski, I did not like the hire at first, to be honest, just because Andrew Barry was a part of the Browns organization back in the 2016 days and the 0-16 times. And it was just this analytics that everybody got big, like the, the Browns front office was into with Dal- or Paul DePodesta or whatever his name is, and Andrew Barry, they were all about the analytics. And we saw what that led us to, 0-16 and a 1-15 season. Like, that did nothing. But now I think – with Andrew Barry's time apart with the Eagles and winning a Super Bowl with them and him coming back with that experience and what he has done so far, I believe he has done good things and that he's moving in the right direction. But then again, we've also seen John Dorsey, who has brought all these flashy players for him, but it ended up in a dumpster fire. So like Kevin Stefanski, it's only time will show. Like you said, you have to give him a couple years to get their guys in, to get their systems working, and let that play out. I agree. So let's just move on to the free agency period for the Cleveland Browns. Now, you did lose Joe Schobert, lost Kirksey, two pretty solid linebackers, Demarius Randall, 
you can replace him. I'm not too worried about the Browns losing to Marius Randall. I'm not a Browns fan, by the way, for those of you that, for whatever reason, don't know that already. Okay, but, you know, you bring in Case Keenum. I think that I think that Case Keenum is going to help push Baker Mayfield. Basically, your backup quarterback is just a guy that's supposed to be there to, you know, help the start out a little bit. I think that Keenum is a veteran. He's seen a lot of NFL defenses. And I think that Baker, he, Baker's still a young quarterback. So, Keenum's someone that Baker can go to for advice, you know, and le- listen, Case Keenum has gone to an NFC Championship game in the past. So if Baker is not on his P's and Q's, then it's not out of question that Keenum can come in there and just start for a little bit. So I felt it was a good hire. You know, you need a solid backup quarterback. Janovich, a very solid, you know, f- fullback that's going to be able to help in the blocking game and the run game. You know, maybe some extra protection, maybe a, maybe be a threat out of the backfield. And like you said, they're building the team how Stefanski wants, you know, he wants to run the ball, wants to get the short, quick passing game going, so that's key. Conklin, three-year deal, very good signing. The Browns need to address the offensive line. They did so in the draft as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, Conklin, very good signing. Austin Hooper, I mean, I didn't think the Browns needed Austin Hooper at first, but at the same time, I'm never going to bash the team for getting more explosive on offense. He's going to be a pretty solid red zone threat. I think that he's going to be good on first and second down if you need him to be. Um, you know, you look at the AFC, the Chiefs, the Ravens. You know, I don't believe in the Texans as a team, but Deshaun Watson will put up his points. You need to strike back at these opponents, and you need to be explosive on offense. So you've already got Joku who has proven to be kind of a little bit injury prone. So you've got Hooper now, and Carl Joseph is a pretty solid veteran safety that's going to come in and be a good presence in the locker room, maybe get some meaningful snaps. So that's overall what I see for the Browns as far as their free agency goes. I felt it was a pretty solid free agency, period. Maybe not as flashy as last year as far as the trades go, but I felt that the Browns accomplished getting players in that fit what they're trying to do while improving their team. What are your thoughts on the Browns free agency, period? And what are, some, what are maybe some other players that I missed out on that you're excited about? Well, like you said, I I mostly agree with most of what you just said right there, but uh, one thing that I really didn't like about the Browns offseason, including part of the draft, is that they let Joe Schobert go because they couldn't afford him, apparently, but they're offering Claiborne a one-year $15 million contract when we don't necessarily need a defensive end, but we are struggling at linebacker right now. We have who's Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, and Jacob Phillips, and um, Goodson from the Packers, like, who's going to start? Nobody knows. Like, we have to let that play out. But I also believe that this offseason was a great offseason for the Browns. I think it's better than last year because, like I've said, they brought in veterans, experience, like, account, like players that will bring accountability to the team that they need. Like, Case Keenum has played under Kevin Stefanski as his quarterback coach. He will know his – he will have a better understanding of the scheme. He will guide Baker when needed. And like you said, if Baker isn't struggling, I don't think um, Stefanski will even doubt putting Case Keenum in because he's not terrible. The Browns have never had a quarterback, really, let alone a backup, and I think this is the year. And going with the draft, I think the draft was great. Uh, the offseason, like I said, was great just – Besides the fact of losing Joe Schobert, which still haunts me to this day, but yeah, that's that's my opinion on the um, off season. 
Yeah, I want to focus a little bit more on the draft. So, Jedrick Wills was my number one offensive tackle. You guys get him at number 10 overall. Grant Delpit comes in. I think that he's still a little bit raw, needs a little bit more coaching, but he's a, he's a big-time player at LSU that made a lot of plays his junior year. Uh, he did – was it his junior year or senior year? I forget which year it was, but it was the – it was it wasn't this past year. It was the year before that where um, Delpit was really, you know, this star player for the LSU defense. So – I think that he took a step back this year, but he's a solid player. He'll help the secondary out. Jordan Elliott is a very solid defensive tackle. I felt that he was one of the five best defensive tackles in the draft. You guys get him in the third round. Jacob Phillips, will he play meaningful snaps? I don't know, but I think that there's some tools to work with. You know, you're kind of crossing your fingers that he hopefully can give you some meaningful snaps because, like you said, you know, Mac Wilson and eh, it's a lot of people that you don't know about. I think that Jacob Phillips was an underrated player on the LSU defense. So I think that he can provide some versatility. He'll be a solid player. You know, I don't know if he's a, a three down inside linebacker, but I see some potential there. Harrison Bryant, another tight end. Not going to complain about that. Nick Harris, a solid center that's going to be provided, hopefully for some offensive line depth. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, I thought that was a steal. You know, we talk about Odo Beckham and Jarvis and Najoku and Hooper. I mean, I think that he could honestly become maybe wide receiver three one day. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that Peoples-Jones was more of a third or fourth rounder. You guys give him the sixth round. He was a very productive player in Michigan. You know, didn't quite put up the numbers that I would have liked, but at the same time, Michigan's scheme is not going to favor wide receivers putting up a bunch of numbers. I don't think that he was utilized in the right way. He had very inconsistent quarterback play. He's a solid deep threat, so I like him. So... Kind of dive into the draft, and what are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns draft? I felt that Baltimore, Dallas, Denver, and the Colts had very good drafts. Cleveland was in my top five. They were actually next. They were my, they were my next biggest winner. I wish that the Browns would have maybe gone gone after more inside linebackers in the draft, but at the, sa- but at the same time, I still like the players they got. What are your thoughts? Well, like, like you were saying about the linebackers, I agree with that. And the crazy thing is, is that, I'm happy in the fact, because who is it? Isaiah Sims was taken right before the Browns pick. And as a, thinking as a Browns fan, knowing the Browns, what they needed was an offensive tackle. I'm glad they got Jaderic Wills. But as like a sports fan, I knew the Browns needed a linebacker and it wanted the flashy pick in Isaiah Sims. And, but that would have just thrown our whole team off. Like I said, we needed a left tackle. We didn't necessarily need the linebacker right there. But that would have been great if that would have happened anyway. But I also think the Browns draft was perfect, to be honest. We made some very underrated picks like Jordan Elliott. That was a great pick, in my opinion. He'll get some snaps behind Sheldon Richardson and Hogan Joby. And the two picks that I really like, actually three picks that I really liked, were Harrison Bryant, Nick Harris, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Harrison Bryant, very underrated tight end, who was more of a like a wide receiver. I mean, he had a great game against Ohio State. Didn't score, I don't think, in that game, but he still had a pretty consistent. Like he has consistent hands. He had a consistent game against Ohio State too, until they started cracking down that that was FAU's only weapon. He led them with a thousand yards in their team too. So I was like, I, I really like that pick. And like with the three tight ends that we have now, you have Hooper, who's a thicker, can block. Can, he's consistent to a bigger tight end. You have a Joku who's a more athletic and flashy plays. And then, like I said, you have Bryant who's consistent and he has the better hands. So with them on the field, that just improves our offense. Then Nick Harris, the center, I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at guard maybe this year. 
with Wyatt Teller, I think that's his name. I don't think he'll last this season, so I think Nick Harris might get some snaps at guard, and he will be developed into J.C. Turner's replacement in the future. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, he fits the Browns perfectly. I was thinking maybe K.J. Hill at the time, but with Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's a bigger threat, like deep threat that we needed, because you have Landry in the slot, and you have Odell Beckham, who just, made, he's a playmaker. You needed more of a Donald. Donovan Peoples-Jones build at wide receiver, and at the, the time of the draft, we didn't know Rashard Higgins was going to come back, but now we know that he is. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones will start off as a special teams threat first, but then end up working his way to splitting reps at the wide receiver three position with Higgins and all that. But yeah, I think the Browns overall had a great draft. Very non-flashy draft, but very underrated players that they have gotten that will help this team strive. Now, I want to ask you this question. Obviously, it's a given that Baker needs to play better. It's obvious that Oda Beckham Jr., you love to see that chemistry get better. You love to see him be more consistent. The defense needs to perform a little bit better. But I want to know what player for the Browns is, you know, their X factor going into next season. You know, because, you know, they have some stars that are players, but what's an underrated player that you, that you think needs to really, really take a step or perform big for the Browns to really have success. I would probably say it's the offensive line. That unit of the team needs to play well. I don't know if there's a specific player that I think about. Maybe a Greedy Williams, who is opposite of Denzel Ward. You know, he's Denzel Ward is a stud. You know, he kind of took a little bit of a step back this past year. But I believe in Denzel Ward. But Greedy Williams is a guy that defenses are going to target a lot more because you don't want to throw a Denzel Ward 24-7. So, if I were to pick a player, yeah, I probably would say Greedy Williams really needs to take a big step if the Browns want to get to where they want to go, which is the playoffs, and hopefully maybe win a playoff game. I don't know. I don't think that winning a playoff game is what the Browns need this year as far as having having a successful season. I think that if you just get to the playoffs, that's a, that's a success. So talk about players that you think need to perform that are underrated, maybe some X factors. Well, clearly, the offensive line needs to be great. Derek Wills needs to make that transition to left tackle, like, flawlessly. And with um, Joe Thomas' help, I think he can do it. But the players that I think need to have a good season are linebackers. Like I said, they don't know who they will be because I know for sure Mac Wilson will be, but we don't know who the other two will be. Or maybe four if we run a 3-4, but... It just depends who's on the field, but they, as a linebacker room, need to be great because they're the weak spot on our defense. Greedy Williams, like you said, they're going to target him more, and he did not have a great season last year. I think he he needs the time to develop, but last season was just awful in my opinion. But, yeah, I think it's linebackers and offensive line. If those two groups of players have a great season, I think the Browns make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, let's get to the record prediction for the Browns for next season. Best case scenario, I think about 11-5. I don't think Cleveland is quite on the level of a 12-win or a 13-win team, but if Baker has a breakout season, I do think that Baker can have a breakout season. My three quarterbacks, I think, are going to break out this year. I actually dropped this episode recently. I said it was Drew Locke. I said that it was Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Those are the three quarterbacks that I look to have 
you know, really good seasons as far as young quarterbacks go. I think Baker's going to play really well this year. So if he hits, if the if the defense plays fairly well, you know, if Odell Beckham Jr. gets his act together and is more consistent, if Chubb has a good year, if Stefanski's not a bum, then, yeah, this team can win 11 games, in my opinion. This is one of the most talented teams in all of football as far as just their roster. I think that worst-case scenario, probably around 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, you know, I don't think you guys can be as bad as last year because you're a better team than last year. But, yeah, I, I say that 11 wins is the max. Now, I think the Browns are 9-17. and 17, And I honestly hate going over game-by-game predictions. I'm not going to do that for my July 1st preview for the Arizona Cardinals. That is when I'm going to officially predict everyone's record, you know, and things of that nature. But for now, we'll give you, you a little bit of a sneak peek for how I'm thinking about the Browns next season. I think that at Baltimore is a loss. Cleveland's a win. Washington is a sneaky team. I would not be shocked if they win that game. I think they're underrated, but I think that you're going to win that game because you're at home. At Dallas is a loss, I think. So 2-2 two and two to start. Indianapolis at home, I think that you're a better team. I don't trust Indianapolis as far as their weapons. On offense, Phillip Rivers is washed. You'll win that game. At Pittsburgh, I think that's a loss. Pittsburgh was a solid team last year despite having, a, having not great quarterback play. Then at Cincy. And Vegas, I think that those are two wins. By week, I actually have you guys losing two straight games to Houston and Philadelphia. I just think that Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz are going to make a couple more plays that Baker Mayfield just flat out doesn't make. So I think you'll get out quarterback coming off your bye week, which is crazy. You usually could prove me wrong and win one of those games. But yeah, I think you'll at least split with those teams. At Jacksonville's a win. Tennessee's an interesting team, but I think that you guys will get revenge on them this year. But then I think you'll actually lose to Baltimore at home. It's coming off a two-game road trip. You know, it's, it's tough to beat Baltimore in the first place. I know you guys beat them last year, but I just I like Baltimore a lot this year. I think you'll you'll get swept by them. Giants is a win. And then at the Jets, I debate this a lot, but I have it as a loss. It's, it's hard to win on the road. You know, I think that the Jets will struggle a lot early, but late in the season, their younger players will start to come around. And Sam Darnold, I'm not sold on him, but he's not terrible. And then Pittsburgh at home to finish the season is a win. So I have you at nine and seven. You can pull up the schedule if you want. You can go game by game if you want. You know, how many games do you think the Browns are going to win and what's your expectations for their record? Well for me I have the Browns going ten and six and I think they're they're gonna lose in the second round of the playoffs, whoever they may play. But I do like I said the seventeen playoff format, they should make the playoffs. But the lowest I see them going. And really, hey, hey, really quickly, not to cut you off, but I have the Browns actually in the playoffs as as an early playoff team. I think the nine seven can get, can get you in. But go ahead. All right, I have them going at least eight and eight, just because, like, with this team and, like I said, with this motivation Baker Mayfield has as his make or break year, they have to at least go eight and eight. And I actually had the schedule with the week by week breakdown. I think surprisingly, I have. Week one, Browns at Ravens. I have us winning that game just because we always play the Ravens well in Baltimore. It doesn't matter what year, when it was, we just always play them well. Now, the Browns at the Bengals, that's a dub. That's prime time. Um, Browns at Redskins, I did have them losing to them, actually, because I think the Browns are going to take them lightly coming off that 2-0 and start. And then... The Browns at the Dallas Cowgirls, I think that's a dub because Dak Bortles is washed and this is the year they're going to fall apart. Uh, Browns versus Colts, I think that's a that's an L. I think the Colts are a well-rounded team. Might not be flashy, might not be great, but 
they're they're going to be a struggle team to um, face up against. Browns at Pittsburgh. I think that's a dub. Miles Garrett's first game back, and yeah, just he will let his presence be known. Browns at Bengals. I think that's an L week seven because Joe Burrow. I think he's going to develop, and even though Bengals don't have the best team, they have their quarterback in my opinion, and sometimes that's all you need. Browns versus Raiders. They're going to win that because the Raiders are just garbage. Browns versus Texans. That's an L. Deshaun Watson is just, he'll out-quarterback our team regardless. He's a playmaker. Browns versus Eagles, I think that's a win just because I think Jalen Hurts will be playing this by this time <laughs> during week 11 because, you know, Carson Wentz is just injury-prone, glass house. Browns at Jacksonville, that's a W. Gardner Minshew is going to have a terrible year. I don't, I don't know who else is going to go against that. But Browns at Titans, I think that's an L. I think the Titans are a legit team. Even though they lost Cochran and some other players, I still think they they're gonna have that underrated vibe, but they're gonna they're gonna get their games done and get some wins this season. I think the Browns versus the Ravens, it's another primetime game. And the late season Ravens, man, they're always good. We're gonna lose that game. That might be a just a murder. Browns at the Giants, we're gonna win that. Browns at the Jets, I have us winning that because the Jets always they never play us well. And then the Browns versus Steelers, I think we're going to get that win and sweep the Steelers this season for the first time in forever. So, yeah, like I said, 10-6 and six and a playoff loss in the second round, in my opinion. You think you guys are going to win the division? Because I think Baltimore is going to go about 12 wins, 13 wins. You know, so you're saying you, you guys are going to be a wild card team that upsets someone or what? I don't think we're going to win the division at 10-6. and six. Like you said, Baltimore is going to at least win maybe 12 games, maybe 13. But I don't see us losing in the first round. I think we're going to come off with the momentum of just making the playoffs for like the first time since 2002. And the last time we had a winning record was 2007 when we went 10-6 and six and still didn't make the playoffs. So I think, with, like I said, with the 17 format, we're going to... I see us making maybe the seven or the sixteen, and I see us winning at least one game. Okay, we're gonna pull off an upset somehow. All right, all right. I don't know if that'll happen, but I have the Browns in the playoffs this year. As of right now, I could change my mind, but hey, you know, you never know. So, I mean, that's about all I got, man. Anything else you want to say as far as a Browns fan? Um, I don't know. I just have a feeling this actually might be the year. Had it last year, had it the year before that, but this year, something different. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I think the Browns are going to be a little bit better this year is because, for one, they improved their team. I don't think they'll be worse. And, I mean, it's not hard to upgrade from Freddie Kitchens. It's really not. So, the coaching will be better. The offensive line will be better. I think Baker will be better. The turnovers were just bad last year. So, yeah, Baker will be better and all that. And I think that a lot of people are actually sleeping on the Browns a little bit this year. You know, the the media – went crazy about the Browns after those trades and after free agency last year saying they were going to, you know, be a Super Bowl contender. I didn't have them a Super Bowl contender, but I had them in the playoffs last year. But no one's really talking about the Browns. Everyone, Everyone's saying that, hey, this Browns team is not that good. You know, I can't trust them. And I think they're going to fly under the radar. So I think that Cleveland is about a 9 or 10 win team. I'm going with 9 wins. And I think they'll probably sneak in a little bit. That seventh, that seventh final playoff spot is definitely key. I think we, I think they can get that. So yeah, I agree. Appreciate you for coming on, man. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt. 
Thank you so much for watching this video today. Please also note that the Juice Alert Sports Podcast is not just a YouTube channel. It is available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with all your friends. This podcast is my favorite thing in the entire world right now. It is my passion. I want more people to listen to this podcast. I really want this podcast to grow. Also, a fun fact about me is that I want to go into the sports broadcasting and media world once I graduate from the University of Toledo, a college in Northern Ohio. I currently am a freshman there right now. I am looking to become one of the next great sports broadcasters and analysts out in the world. And I potentially would like to start my own network if this podcast really truly grows. Or if I fall short of that goal, I would love to work for a big time network like ESPN or Fox Sports 1. I am open to all networks. So if you believe in my dreams and you see or hear my passion through the screen, be sure to tell all your friends about the Juice Alert Sports Podcast. Stay motivated, you guys. Have a God-blessed day, and I'm out.